Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Let's open the Word today, hey? Can I just make a statement this morning that God is the filler of things. God fills things. God fills things full. Psalm 81.10 says, for it, was I, for it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. How amazing is that? Psalm 103.5 says, He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed as the eagles who's had their life filled with the good things of God. I'm so grateful. I made a little inventory just off the top of my head of some of the things that God has filled throughout the Bible. And can I just say, I reckon you could write an exhaustive list. I haven't today. He fills jars. The widow's jar never ran out. He has filled arms. So those that go out and they're weeping, but they sow when they weep. It says in the Word of God, doubtless they will come home with joy, carrying sheaves. Their arms have been filled by the Lord, even as they sow in tears. He fills wombs. Countless babies in the Bible were born miraculously because God filled a womb when it couldn't be filled. Mary, Elizabeth, Sarah, Hannah, the list goes on. He fills bellies. 4,000 of them, that's just the men. That's a lot of big bellies to fill. And then the women and the children and 5,000 again. He feels thirst. So we see the Samaritan woman and her spiritual thirst is filled by God's goodness. We see shriveled things that are shriveled up, lifeless, and we see the life of God fill them and arms extend, eyes that are formed, eyes that are healed. God fills things with His life and health. And of course, He fills the earth with His glory. God is the filler of things. Don't be in any doubt that our God is scarce or scant or a tightwad. God fills things. God fills things because He is full. God is full. John 1, 1, 16, sorry, John 1, 16, out of His fullness. We have received grace in place of grace already given. Isn't that amazing? We are returning to the book of John this morning. I preached last week on the book of John. I do love it. It's my favourite Gospel. And I love it because in the ministry of Jesus, John's whole purpose in the book of John is to demonstrate who Jesus is. So for one reason, that we may believe. Is there any believers in the house today? Is there people that believe in a miracle? Is there people that know that the power of God and who Jesus is defies natural circumstances, defies pandemics? And thank God you all made it here. It was looking dicey for a minute there, but we made it, didn't we? Thank You, Lord. We made it to church this morning. And He invites us to believe. John sets out His purpose. He doesn't hide it in John 20, 31. But these are written that you may believe in Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His Name, who's full of the life of God this morning in this place. We believe. And we believe that all things are possible in Him. And in fact, those that follow Jesus are believers in who He is and therefore they walk in 
miracles. That is the life of a believer. In fact, as the disciples in the book of John observed the miracles of Jesus, it it said they bore witness and they came to believe. They saw His glory. And as they saw Him deliver and work and pull off miracles in many different circumstances, they believed. I wanna look at Jesus' first miracle today. First, yes, listed in John, possibly first chronologically. It is first chronologically, but first as a primary statement of what He was all about. Would you take, uh, take a look at John 2, 1 to 11 in your Bibles. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and His disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. (laughs) Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, it's like she didn't hear what he said, do whatever he tells you. (laughs) Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they fill them to the brim, right to the top. Then He told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. So they did. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise that where it had come from, though the servants who'd drawn the wine knew. Then he called to the bridegroom and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Amen. Isn't that amazing? He saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which He revealed His glory and His disciples believed in Him. Firsts. This first miracle, and in fact, first, they usher something in. There is something about the first. The first child, the first give, the first job, the first miracle. They inaugurate something. It sets the tone. And in this particular miracle, Jesus is making the declaration. Something has changed. The page has been turned. And in fact, the first couple of chapters of John really are a statement about something significant has changed. It is a new epoch. So we saw last week that there was a change in the temple from one locus or one location to Jesus, but also to us. He turned the page on the location of the temple. We see in this one that in saying it is no longer ceremonial washing and and carry on, it is now new wine. You will drink of me and that will be salvation and it will be once and for all, for all people, all time. We see in the Samaritan woman, it is new water. It's no longer trying to quench your thirst with things that will never satiate your thirst long term. But if you take one drink of living water, it will satiate your thirst forever. 
And like many other miracles, in fact, most, Jesus in this miracle uses matter. Matter matters, right? A room, a womb, loaves and fishes. He will ask for matter because it's an extension of trust as we offer what is placed in our hands because matter makes room for a miracle. We've been talking in this vision offering season about making room to be at the feet of Jesus, making room in His temple. But I'm telling you, there, is, there comes a point in our lives where in order to see the miracles, we must make room by bringing substance and offering offering of trust, an offering of matter for Him to do what only He can do. Well, they're at a wedding and weddings are of huge importance. Yes, to the culture. It is the, the cutting of a covenant. It's the joy of the couple. It is the beautiful bride dressed in her beautiful bride gown. It's the joy of the groom as his precious dove comes into his home. It's the joy and the pride of the parents that have raised these children for this day. It is the joy of the community coming together much like we are today for one purpose, to seal a young couple, to seal the future, to see the generations impacted. They come together for a wedding. They make space and it's so intriguing that Jesus would choose a wedding for His first miracle because just like the temple culminates in the temple being the presence of God with all allowed in to the Holy of Holies on that great day, do you know it also ends with a wedding? Do you know it begins in a garden but it ends in a wedding? And then there's the wine. At the wedding, the wine is everything. Now, before you are all at me about promoting wine in church, I wanna say that this is less about Jacob's Creek and more about the wedding, okay? I'd just like to make the point, if you are going to surmise something from this story, Jesus is into weddings, all right? It's not a promo for wine, but in a culture where it is safer to drink something that has a fermentation in it. You can see why wine was key at weddings. We're talking about pre-filter, pre-chlorine. We're talking about a culture where fermentation was a way of life for health and safety reasons. And we see God up close and personal at a wedding. And we see that the, the wine is a symbol of the generosity of the host, the honour of the host, that we wanna throw a good party. We wanna make sure that people are made to feel welcome. We wanna make sure that the cup is overflowing, that people's plates are full, that the music is cranking. Sounds like a great party. And of course, in Scripture, wine is about abundant joy. Not the kind that runs out, not just an event, but His new wine, that wine would sustain us, that His presence would sustain us, that it would be endless joy in His presence. Well, the problem begins, of course, when the, the wine runs out. And I think it's really kind of John and in fact God in inspiring John to write that no one's blamed for the incident. Thank God for that. God is not a blamer, okay? He's not into condemnation. And in this story, no one gets blamed. We don't know whether a vat was dropped, 
We don't know whether it was an ordering error. We don't know whether it got stolen. But all we know is the, the wine has run out and there is a PR problem here. There is a major issue that will come to haunt this family if it doesn't get fixed quick smart. It is it's becoming a social nightmare and a reputational disaster. And in fact, some sources would say it will open the groom up to a lawsuit. Isn't that amazing? The groom has failed because it's the groom's responsibility to make sure the wine is sorted. Can I just say at this point before we go any further, the wine of this world will run out and it'll run out any minute and it will run out in your life. If you are relying on the wine of this world, it will run out. Jobs change and we experienced it last year as a family. My husband, who is an incredible employee who nobody ever lets go due to COVID, was let go in a redundancy. The wine of this world will run out. Things fail. Sicknesses happen. The groom of this world is not reliable. But let's look at what happens next as the real groom steps in. Well, Mary draws first, like a good Jewish mother. And she makes it Jesus' business. Now, we don't know whether it's because He's a reliable older son who always fixes the problem, who's possibly stepped in loco Joseph, who may be um, gone to eternity by this point in Mary's life. We don't know why. But something about Mary says that if He gets involved, it'll all be okay. If He gets involved, if we surrender the situation to Him, it'll work out for our good. I don't know how He's gonna do it. I don't know what with what He's gonna do, but all I wanna say to you is just do what He says. What a word. Maybe it's a word for you today. Just do what He says. Just hear the, the wind of the Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning because He's moving on your behalf. Well, they do do what He say, it says and life works best when we do what Jesus says. We don't know how He will do it or how He will fix it, but we know that life works best when we do it His way. Truth is though, Jesus also lived His life by that standard. And He comes back at Mary and says, hey, I am also doing what He says. And I can't allow you to make claims on me anymore as a mother to a son. I can't allow you just because of close proximity make, to make claims. You need to come as a believer now. You actually need to make claims on me, not just as mother, but you must be a believing woman. Jesus says to her, John 2:4, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour, the time of God's appointment for the fullness of my miracles has not come. Speaking of His ultimate salvation, God determines the times and the purposes. Can I just say, just like Mary, Jesus pulled her into line gently and lovingly, but very, very firmly. You may need over this vision offering to shake off the claims of family, shake off the claims of society, of a community that tells you that you need to apportion your finances in a certain way, of accounts that tell you that it makes no sense what you're doing. 
you may actually need to shake off the dialogue of a culture that is telling you your money is better spent on uh, consumer goods or more property or save it for a rainy day. Don't you know we're in a pandemic? But just like Mary, our faith has to shift from the natural to the supernatural. As a believer, do what He says. The wine of this world will run out. If you take a step out today, if you take a step out in faith, the miracle will happen. And can I just say to you today, don't hold back because of lack. Don't hold back because of lack. Do what He says. Do what He says. You know, it's so interesting in the culture as the wine would draw near to running out, they would dilute the wines slowly but ever so surely. And there is a temptation in us when it comes to the area of provision and miracles to just go, make it stretch, make it stretch, scarcity, hold back, dilution. When God is saying... Do what I say and we will see a miracle. Don't reduce the miracle by rationalising and diluting what God is saying to you today. The wine of this world will run out. It's an unreliable source. But God is saying in the midst of the pandemic, will you run to me? Will you go to me? Will you do what I am saying to do? Or will you run to Moab? Don't run to Moab. Don't go to the ways of the world. Go to God and we will see the miracle. The matter in this miracle intrigues me. And in fact, God's use of matter intrigues me. By matter, I mean the, the, the object or the, the material He uses for a miracle. He uses mud, dirty rivers, just ask about Naaman dipping in that for his miracle seven times. Sticks, jars, bread, fish. He uses unlikely matter for miracles, but he uses matter. Sometimes it's symbolic. Other times it's just whatever the heck is available. Whatever's in your hand, whatever God has put in your house, what God's put in your set of talent, what God's put in your bank account, it's what God has given you to sow. What will be your matter for a miracle? Well, the truth is matter always feels normal before it's given. My gift never feels supernatural when I'm giving it. We have great joy in it. We find, Andrew and I find incredible joy in giving. It's one of the particular things we feel God has put on our lives, but it never feels supernatural until it's given. The matter never feels supernatural. They just look like archaic pots. <laughs> Something used for storing water for ritual purification. That's what is happening in this story. He says, bring out the pots. You know, the ones that you've been relying on to do the sacrificial, religious, ritual. You know, the pots that you have at every wedding. So you're conforming to what's required for ritual purification. And there's six of them. 
which is really interesting because in the Word of God, six is an intriguing number. It's the number of imperfection, not quite complete, not quite enough, not quite enough to go the distance. And it's the number of human limitation. I can do something, but I can't get all the way there. You know, six says to me, I can do a lot. God has endowed me with natural giftings and the ability to make wealth and God has given me smarts to a point. But there will always be in my six, my human limitation, there will always be something not quite complete. There will always be something lacking. In my wisdom, I will always go to bed thinking I could have done that better as a mum. I could have done that day better. I could have actually, you know what, if I really thought about it a little bit more in the moment, which you never do as a parent completely, right? When the kid's melting down. There's always just that little bit of lack. Well, He takes the six. He takes all of the limitation. And they could have held back and said, don't you know we need these pots? Don't you know these pots were hewn from one piece of stone? They are complete. They, are, they have no leaks in them. They're not going to get ceremonially unclean. If you put your hands in it, if you touch it, if you impurify it in any way, I can no longer use them in the way I need to use them. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, 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 bring the six to me. Bring what you have. Bring the jars full of imperfection. Bring the thing you've been relying on to save for a rainy day. Bring the thing that you've been relying on to keep you above board. And you know what? Fill it to the brim. Go to the absolute extent of your limitation because I want to take you further. I don't want any, anything on the edge that says there was just two inches more to work with. I don't want anything more left that would say this system's still going to work if we just fill up the pot again. I don't want you to assume that I put some hocus pocus in the last two inches of it. You fill it up with all of your limitation, all of your humanity, everything you have to offer, and watch what I'll do with it. Well, of course, He transitions it. He takes it. He changes the anatomical structure of it. And He completely transforms what we once relied on for ritual purification that would have one wash and you would need to wash again. He takes it something that would be pulled out, breakfast, lunch and dinner at every ceremony, this arduous, laborious process of relying on a jar of water to wash our hands to make sure we were clean before God. And of course, He changes it into a thousand bottles of wine because that's the measure, symbolising that once and for all, no longer ritual purification, but the blood of the new wine. Once and for all. It seemed like a seemingly unrelated act of obedience. And giving is so much like that. We believe God for miracles. We believe God that our children will grow up in the ways of the Lord. We're believing that and we are acting upon that in faith. We believe that our body will be healed. We're believing that our church will expand to the ends of the earth. And 
Somehow, sometimes we bring the thing that God speaks to us about and we go, God, how is this connected? And He says, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. I will take something seemingly unconnected. And if you will hear me and do what I say, if you'll respond to my love, if you'll respond to my Word, if you'll just take, it it probably seemed ludicrous. Why are we giving the the six jars to Him? What has this got to do with wine? Do you know the difference between aqua and vino? Do you know the difference? No. He's asking for matter for a miracle. Old pots, old pots, ancient rituals, valuable, beautiful pots. In fact, completely in line with the ceremonial system, the temple, it, it, it was picture perfect. But God had something greater. He wanted to bring new miracles out of old pots. He wanted to bring new wine out of an old system. He wanted to actually crush and abolish an old system to bring forth the greatest of new wine. I love our church. It's precious to me. I've been involved in 36 or so, 37 years of its 72-year history. Barry and Deirdre, many, many more and Frank even more. And she is a beautiful, beautiful modern old church, right? <laughs> She's worked with the times, God's spoken fresh things. But she, she is an old lady. She's beautiful, but she is mature in years. And how precious is that? It makes me so proud to, to be a part of the, one of the oldest ACC churches in our nation. One of the ones that is having great influence to see many souls saved. But can I just say, when I see this story and I see the bringing of these pots, it reminds me that in this beautiful old church that has seen many generations blessed, saved, healed, that God wants to do a new miracle in our day. That God is not content with the people that, that He loves the fact that people got saved under Norm Armstrong's ministry. He is thrilled at heart that churches were planted out of this church. It makes His heart so happy that people in Sydney's Southwest, the, the largest, gr- fastest growing local government area in Australia are now being touched by a Horizon campus. That's, that Margaret River region, our beautiful Dunsborough campus, it's growing and flourishing, putting down roots. It delights his heart. But there are new miracles. There are youth to be reached. There are children to raise in him. There are generations. There must be new miracles in the old pot. There must be new wine come out of this generation. If we each do what He says, the miracle happens. As we each come together and hear the wind of the Spirit, the call of God, what will be your part in bringing an offering to the Lord? Well, the beautiful thing is in all of it is that John says at the end of the story, This was a revealing of His glory that many should believe. It's a manifestation of His glory. 
Do you know the miracle that is about to take place across our four campuses? The miracle of the people of God hearing the voice of God and bringing an offering to the house of God, that miracle, that's actually for His glory. This story is the glory of an obedient son, obedient to his father. It's the glory of an ultimate purifier. You won't need to rely on jars and washing and temples. You just come to me. It's the glory of an abundant provider. Like who gives a thousand bottles of wine at the end of the wedding and that it's greater than what went before? The abundance of God the abundance of God toward your family, that it wouldn't just be you, that, but that whole families would come to know the love of God, whole communities, workplaces, the abundance of God. Well, in this, the groom gets the credit. You know, the one that dropped the bottle of wine, that dropped the ball really on the wine, the one that could have been exposed to it also, well, well he gets the credit. But ultimately, Jesus, the ultimate bridegroom who will never let you down. You will never lack as we rely on the ultimate bridegroom. Well, He gets the glory. Do you know there will be people that come and come to know the love of God through this church that will never ever know the process of the miracle. They'll sip the wine, They'll enjoy the abundance. Their kids will get saved. Their young people will never ever touch drugs because you gave to see an extension of God's kingdom. Lives will be spared from the brink. In fact, you won't even see some of it. It will be for God's glory. For God's glory. It'll be for His glory. God is so... Amazing, the glory of God in these earthen vessels, six of them. And Jesus chooses to reveal His glory in these very earthy clay vessels. Do you know that's what He does with you over offerings? Can I read to you 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. He gets all the glory as we hear from Him, as we bring an offering of worship to Him. In fact, offerings are just that, a worship of God. Can I ask you to stand to your feet this morning? Would you lift your heart to Him? Would you tell Him how much you love Him? God, we are so in awe of Your glory. Would You lift Your hands this morning? God, we are just in awe and wonder of the miracles that You've done in our day. God, we are in awe of Your goodness, God, for those that have gone before us, God, and You laid on their hearts to sow. Lord, we are in awe of Your goodness, God, Lord, for Your protection through a pandemic, God, for Your goodness toward this church. Lord, we just take a moment to glorify Your Name. Would You this morning let His Name be on Your lips? Would You glorify Him this morning? God, we lift up Your Name in this place. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. 
Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.